This is the Dancepreneuring Studio podcast session number 189, The Impact of African American Culture in Dance History. Hello and welcome to session number 189 of the Dancepreneuring Studio podcast. I'm Annette Bone, and the Dancepreneuring Studio is the place where dance inspires life and business. I get the joy and the privilege of sharing my journey back into the dance world after a 20 plus year hiatus, the lessons I've learned, the transformation I've experienced, and the wonderful creatives I've met along the way who also share their stories, their ideas, strategies, and tactics to help move your life and your business forward. I had the opportunity to attend a wonderful lecture. It was so entertaining, so educational at the California African American Museum in Los Angeles last month. And I'm excited to share some of the things that I learned that I didn't know about with dance history and specifically the African American culture in dance history. So I'll get into that in a bit here. But first, I want to invite you to go to my homepage on my website, AnnetteBone.com, A-N-N-E-T-T-B-O-N-E.com. And if you go to almost the middle section, there's a white section that says the one question that makes all the difference. So you can get my free simple audio recording that tells you how one question can overcome overwhelm, confusion, and disappointment. So go ahead and put your name and email there. You'll get the free resource. And I know that it will be very helpful for you to conquer overwhelm, confusion, and disappointment. It is so inspiring to attend events that are not only educational, but entertaining and want to make you delve deeper into the subject matter that you are interested in. And that certainly was the case with this lecture. I'm excited to share some of the things that I learned about the origins of dance traditions and some of the dance steps that you see today that have evolved over the years and have been called different things and have been developed. Yet, I think it's really important that we go back to the history of where things come from. And it was very exciting for me to see all this older footage of things that you see nowadays in the mainstream media. So let's get into our session, The Impact of African American Culture in Dance History. Thank you so much for joining me. Hi, this is Mark Spaulding, and I'm a dancer, choreographer, and educator. And you are listening to another session of a dancepreneuring studio with Annette Bone. Now that you're warmed up, get ready to go full out with our feature presentation. Backslide, Applejack, Locking, Electric Boogaloo, Urban Cha-Cha, and Hip Hop. What do you picture when you hear these words? If you know your dance history, these are dances and dance traditions from African American culture. You know that saying, you don't know what you don't know? Well, it turns out, not surprisingly, that there was a lot I didn't know about these dance forms and traditions until I got to hear an engaging and entertaining discussion with dancer and dance historian E. Monsell Durden and curator Vita L. Brown at the California African American Museum in Los Angeles last month, early October 2018. From video clips to demonstrations to dialogue, I loved that I got to experience this, and I'm going to share a number of things that stood out to me, and this is in no particular order. Number one, there was a statement said that affected me. Dancing for life's sake 
versus dancing for art's sake. We're so used to seeing dance being presented as a presentation, as a performance, as something to be admired, something to be appreciated, which I'm all for that. But when I saw these images and these video clips from way back of people dancing at specific points in history because they needed to express something based on what was going on in society at that time. And none of it being in the studio. I don't remember a lot of the images being in a studio. It was either in the street or in a church setting or in a building somewhere that wasn't a dance studio. It was really touching for me. It it affected me in a very interesting way. And I think also it's because I've learned to look at dance so differently now than I did way back. And I really appreciate that because as I'm learning more about the history of dance, I'm really appreciating where things come from. And I find that things make more sense to me and I have a deeper connection. And so I'm, I'm really loving this process of not only the technical aspects of learning different dance forms and delving into that actually physically doing it, but also this part of dance where it's really important to know the history of it. And it's been this theme has been coming up a lot these last couple of months for me, which has been fantastic. So dancing for life's sake versus dancing for art's sake, and then dance as worship, where dance started in the in the church setting in. So speaking of dancing for life's sake versus dancing for art's sake, the style of crump, if you're not familiar with it, is for releasing negative energy. It's free, it can be exaggerated and energetic. It's a nonviolent way, even though it's aggressive to me, it can be very aggressive and very intense. But it's about releasing negative energy. And the acronym Kingdom Radically Uplifted Mighty Praise makes sense. So I knew this a little bit when I was taking classes. But when I was in crump class, it was all about, okay, I need to learn how to attack more. And it's not really about the attack, even though the movements are strong and aggressive. But it's about releasing negative energy. So now I'm looking at crump very differently. And um, if you look at the videos, you can see that there are different approaches to it. It's a very raw, organic dance form. And so when they talked about this and the context of how this developed and it made more sense to me about dancing for life's sake versus dancing for art's sake. And so I recommend that you check this dance form out if you're not familiar with it. It's really engaging to watch. And it's really fun actually to be in class to do that. I actually have to get back to <laughs> back to crump classes because I really enjoyed it. And now I have a different perspective on it. Dance for life's sake as opposed to art's sake, right? Number three, I've been to quite a number of ciphers in the past month. Cypher, C-Y-P-H-E-R-S. If you don't know what it is, you can look it up. And uh, actually, I'll link it in the show notes at AnnetteBone.com forward slash 189. And so it's been interesting for me to watch how these ciphers evolve. And they're very organic. They're supposed to be anyway. And they're based on being in a circle. It's a form of bonding, which I didn't know the the circular form of where dancers are in a circle, and then people go in one by one, two by two, or whatever, at different times. Um, I didn't realize that it was a form of bonding. And also that it's a space for encouragement. And so Vita and Montel talked about this. And 
talking about finding and claiming space for one's own identity. So this whole expression of dancing for identity and for expression as opposed to presentation really got to me. And I'm so glad that I was reminded about this. And I thought, okay, why didn't I look at dance this way before? (laughs) So it's a learning process, right? So glad that they talked about this. But this, the timing of being able to go to these ciphers and seeing what it's about, and then learning and hearing about this at this discussion, it just made sense and was very encouraging. And I know that's what it's about. So with the cipher and community and the circle, I love the familiar examples that Monsell and Vita used, like Elvis Presley and the Applejack, Bobby Brown using certain steps that were from way back in the every little step video that he did when he was really big in the 90s. And then also with Michael Jackson and seeing the correlations and the threads of where the movements come from, very fascinating. So one of the other examples they used was the Soul Train line that show Soul Train from the 70s, which I'll link in the show notes at AnnetteBone.com forward slash 189. Because I know there are some of you that weren't even born during that time. (laughs) Way, way past, right? So the Soul Train video is very, inter- that whole show was very entertaining anyway, just really feel good. It was about community, building community. And with the Soul Train line, what I found out, there was no lead person when they did the lines, when they had um, people go through the lines and dance down the lines. There was no lead person and it was licensed to be your own person. You have that support as a whole, but then you have your freedom as an individual person. And I think that's what I loved about this discussion because the whole expression of dance and where things came from, it was about the expression. It was about what was going on in society at that time and not about the presentation. And so I think that's that just really got to me. So the whole soul trade example was really cool when they talked about that. And then also the evolution of dances where what you see now where you think, oh, my goodness, that is so innovative. Yes, it is in a sense, because people have taken things from the past and, and have fused their own style into it or their own perspective on it. But seeing the video clips from way back, for example, with breakdancing, it wasn't called breakdancing back then, even way before the 70s and 80s. And you see some of the things that were done by people way back when, oh my goodness, it looks exactly the same. The athleticism is crazy. The execution, and of course, you don't have the production value. So what you see is what you get. Incredible. And so I loved that Monsell showed side by side on some of the videos. Okay, this is what you see here. This is what happened. And look at look at the current day and well, almost current day. This was back in the 70s and 80s. Wow. So nothing is really new. It's just reinvented, repurposed. And it's a cool thing that we can go back and see where things came from and how it can develop. And it was really just amazing to me because I, I had never seen past the 70s and 80s videos, for example, of the breakdancing and seeing that way back when, oh my gosh, that was really cool. Another thing that affected me was this ideology around earth versus heaven, earth being more grounded and dance moves being grounded, certain styles. And then European dance forms like ballet, where there's a more reach and more extension toward the heavens or to the sky. And there's this Eurocentric ideology that there's this hierarchy of dance that certain forms are more important than others. 
During this discussion, I was reminded that all dance forms are important. All styles are important and one style is not superior over another. Before I thought differently, when I was studying dance in college, it was very much about being well versed in as many styles as possible. But there was this unspoken expectation that if you weren't technically a great ballet dancer, then you're really not a good dancer. And so I had a real, I had a challenge with that because I was not trained from early on like my peers were. And so I thought, oh my gosh, how am I going <laughs> to, how am I going to do this? I just, I can do the best that I can with what I have. However, I'm not going to be a prima ballerina. That's not my goal. And and if I don't want to be that, does that make me less of a dancer? So I had this really skewed thinking about certain styles and certain forms and and a real struggle with that. And so it was very refreshing talking about this from a historical perspective that Monsell and Vita did so beautifully. And I wanted the lecture to go on, really. I could It could have gone on for hours and I would have been sitting there in awe just digesting this wonderful information that's available to all of us, but we just don't know. And so I'm so glad for things like this. And so this ideology of hierarchy of ballet is better than hip hop or whatever. And even within hip hop, I've talked about this on previous sessions. I found out there's quite a bit of style and subsections, if you want to call it, of hip hop that I had no idea. And wow. Anyway, so that's another story. But you can also go back to the the episodes. I'll link it in the in the show notes at netbone.com forward slash 189, where I talk a little bit more about that. But it was so refreshing to hear this and so comforting. Actually, it was quite comforting to hear that the, just the way they said it, that it, one style is not not better than the other. And, and it goes to show that it's really important to study as many styles as you can if you want to delve into this and, and learn more about this and get different perspectives that you can add to your dance repertoire. And so I loved that they talked about this. It was I thought it was very, very important. I appreciated that Monsell talked about that we have not realized the value of gestures and how much meaning gestures have, especially in dance. And I'm very fascinated lately with dance styles that use a lot of hand gestures. It reminds me of a lot of what they call mudras in yoga, where different hand gestures mean something. And I know in different countries around the world, hand gestures mean something. Not so much in commercialized dance, which is fine. But I love that things mean more than just the movement or the the exterior that you see. And so I was really fascinated by how he talked about that. So with all of this, going back into the history, seeing where things come from, knowing that dance came from something other than being presentational, I came across two quotes that summarizes this wonderful experience that I had with this discussion, and I'm looking forward to checking more of these types of things out. The first quote is by Agnes DeMille, and she said, the truest expression of a people is in its dance and in its music. Bodies never lie. And Doris Humphrey, modern dance pioneer said, there are times when the simple dignity of movement can fulfill the function of a volume of words. So much has been said through movement and expression throughout history. I love that we have the opportunity to honor that and to learn from that and have that be a basis of what we create in the future, whether it's in dance, life, or business. 
Thank you so much for joining me on this session. Remember that you are valuable, your dreams are important, and it's never too late to be great. Thank you for listening. This has been a session of the Dancepreneuring Studio. Find the archives of this show at annettebone.com slash podcast or on iTunes. Contact Annette at annettebone.com. This podcast copyright by annettebone.com and dancepreneuring.com. All rights reserved. The Dancepreneuring Studio is the place where dance inspires life and business.